Hello, my name is Dr. Mercurio Arborea, and I am the founder of the Arborea Institute. Through our unique blend of benign pharmacology, sensory therapy, and energy sculpting, we can guide you to a new, better, happier you. You're about to embark on a great journey. Let the new age of enlightenment begin. What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea, a new world order. It's no longer a theory. What I'm about to say is fact. The secret organizations of the world power elite are no longer secret. They have planned and are now leading us into a one-world communist government. Welcome useless eaters to the Odd Man Out podcast, where we talk about hidden history, de-political-policy, occult deconstruction, economics, religion, and philosophy. I'm your rabbit hole aficionado, the Odd Man. Welcome. What's up, gang? Thank you once again for tuning in to the Oddcast featuring the Odd Man Out. There's a lot of shows out there, so I'm honored that you guys are taking the time to listen to mine. I want to give a special thanks to Sam Tripoli, who had me on the Tinfoil Hat podcast, as well as his Patreon. It was a big honor. Thank you to The Swarm, those of you who've reached out to me, uh, liked my Twitter and Instagram, and also like this podcast and subscribe to it. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, This week, I have the second half of my conversation with the fantastic Jesuit expert, Johnny Cerucci. Last week, he took the time to inform us on the earlier, darker history of the Catholic Church and the Jesuits and their role in some really interesting events throughout history. Well, this week is no different, except he works his way all the way up to the present time, which is very interesting and shows you also the Jesuit role in modern day. He starts off with the Medici family, who haven't really been a big part of mainstream history, but should have been. He kind of schools us on the truth about the Rothschilds and really covers a lot of ground. So you don't want to miss this one. I had a great time. and I just love the second half. So I really don't have a lot to add to it because really you just have to get in there and listen. And uh, I think that you'll be really pleased with this episode as I am. So really without wasting any more time, let's get right into it. I think the Medici family provided four different popes, most powerful position in the world. And, and yet Rothschild is the name that pops up. Rothschild. You know, there are sources that don't even believe the Rothschild family is Jewish. I've heard that. Yeah. Uh, There is a phenomenal book, an absolute must after you buy all of Johnny's four books 
There's one other book that you have to have next on the list, number five. And I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, but um, Frederick Tupper Saucy's Rulers of Evil is an absolute must-have. And he gets into this issue. And he very, very smartly breaks down the, the first big Rothschild and, and his um, banking venue that he um, manipulated the name to create an odd acronym, Meyer Amschel Rothschild Son. All right, well, that's kind of weird and that's wordy and that's clumsy. What's the acronym? Mars. Mars is the Roman god of war, and it is supposed the myth goes, and there probably is something to this, that insiders leaked information to Meyer Amschel Rothschild so that he could bet on the outcome of Waterloo and Napoleon's defeat and therefore elbow his way in to wealth. And of course, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, another Freemasonic Roman Catholic who was thoroughly controlled by Jesuit-trained Roman Catholic priest named Father Abbey Joseph Sias. Uh, as a matter of fact, on, on the suppression, the so-called suppression of the Jesuits, I'm really getting ahead, the suppression of the Jesuits, where did the Jesuits in France, devout Roman Catholic France, so this is why Tupper Saucy is spot on. Tupper Saucy believes, and, and I, I agree with him, the Jesuits manipulated their own suppression. There's no way that Roman Catholic countries, France, Portugal, Britain, devoutly Roman Catholic up until the advent of, of Henry VIII, there's no way that devout Roman Catholic sovereigns would go against the Jesuits. The Jesuits were a response to Martin Luther. They, they run the so-called counter-reformation. They are the special forces of the Vatican. If you really want to serve, quote-unquote, God, and you're a Catholic, then you dedicate your life to the order of Ignatius of Loyola. The Company of Loyola, by the way, just happens to be the same nickname for the Central Intelligence Agency, the Company. That's pure coincidence. It has nothing to do with the fact that the OSS was founded by devout Roman Catholic DuPont Wall Street lawyer and Knight of Malta, Bill Donovan. Just, just like the Federal Bureau of, Inqui uh, of Investigation, <laughs> you usually say it Inquisition, the Federal Bureau of Investigation was founded by devout Roman Catholic Charles Joseph Bonaparte, great-grandnephew of Napoleon Bonaparte. Just a coincidence. The same reason why the NSA is located in the colony of Maryland, created by Lord Calvert as the Catholic colony, as is the so-called Capitol of America, which used to be called Little Rome on the Potomac. And by the way, a Capitol is named after one of the seven hills of Rome, also in Revelation 17, Capitoline Hill. All nations have a central authority and power, a capital, which is traced back to Rome. A city is named because it has grown to the size where it is controlled by a Roman Catholic bishop. Our very language is controlled by Rome. The experts 
that tell you what your law is, lawyers. The experts that tell you what your medicine is, doctors, they use the language of Rome, the centuries, millennia, dead language of Latin. That's so they can mask their skullduggery in the language of Rome. All by design. Martin Luther, on November 1st, not October 31st, November 1st is November 1st, is All Saints Day. October 31st is Samhain. Martin Luther nailed on November 1st his protest against indulgences on All Saints Cathedral on All Saints Day. November 1st, 1517. Unfortunately for him, by I consider divine circumstance, I think it was like it was like 14 years before or, or, or just not more than two decades, not more than 20 years before. Another German by the name of Johannes Gutenberg, a, a crow's flight away from Wittenberg, had created a revolution in publishing, the movable type printing press. Prior to this, a master of every page of a book had to be carved in a template. But Johannes Gutenberg was the first to institute a, a system. You know, the, uh, the gas station and, and the uh, convenience store billboards where you slide the single letter up there and you can change it. That's the, that's the movable type printing press. You just set the letters in for each individual page. And it takes a little bit of time to create a page, but, but dramatically reduces. Now books were coming out like lightning. And unfortunately for Martin Luther, his students, he was a professor, loved him and his work and were thrilled at his protest. He would go down uh, the, the, the list of the 95 theses, just destroyed the logic of the Medici Pope. Medici, Cologne, Aldo Brandini, Orsini, Breakspear. These are the names that are supposedly, that should be coming up. And just by coincidence, Google that was founded on the, the same day that a Farnese Pope, Paul III, Alessandro Farnese, consecrated the Jesuits September 27th. Just by coincidence, the same day that Google was supposedly founded. So for some reason, Rothschild comes up. Rothschild, red shield. What army wore red shields, applied red shields in battle? The Roman army. So wow. they, his students loved him and quickly got his 95 theses. I was going to talk about some of the illogic of the Medici Pope. Your eminence, if you could pray for a single child to be released from purgatory, why not be a good son of Christ and pray for them all? And why do you need money for that? And by the way, the main reason he needed money was not so much to complete the Gnostic work of Michelangelo Bonarotti, 
was, but more importantly, to have more parties because few partied like the Medici, except maybe the Borgia. And uh, it seems like crusades by that time were also waning. Catholic sovereigns were getting tired of expending their own military on agendas of the Pope. They had more important agendas themselves. So the Pope would would call for a crusade, a, a crushing conquest of some native people somewhere. And the kings and queens were starting to get a little cagey towards that end. And by the way, this facilitated the creation of America. America is the standing army that Rome always wanted. That's a whole nother show. But um, I may hold you to that. Yeah, no, I am, I am at your service. I am at your service. This, this is information that, that we can keep going and going and going. And uh, <laughs> as, as many times as you want me to come back, I'm here. Happy to do Fantastic. it. Fantastic. So, Thank you. Uh, Martin Luther and, and this started an avalanche. And, and originally his intent was to reform his Catholic church. But in a short period of time, after several examinations, Deists, they were called. He became convinced that there was no reforming his church. There was only breaking away was possible. And again, by divine intervention, there was an authority that was on his side. The vast majority of authorities then and to this day bow to Rome even the, the most stalwart supposed Protestant authorities, Elizabeth I, James I, really didn't care about religion. They were far more interested in their own power and maintaining their own power. Elizabeth and James were just as happy and did to put Protestants to the stake for being too Protestant as they were to put Catholics to the stake. The greatest Protestant sovereign that ever lived outside of the, the military commander of, of Oliver Cromwell was Edward VI, an offspring of, of Henry VIII. He was raised by Thomas Cranmer and John Knox, some of the greatest Christian evangelists of their day, particularly John Knox. The only, the only doctrinal Protestant Christian that I am, I am aware of, and he was murdered by the Vatican as a teenager never allowed to come to the throne. He tried to install his, his Protestant co- uh, cousin, Jane Grey. She was murdered by a vicious Catholic, the daughter, and this is all in the, the Henry VIII story, Bloody Mary Tudor. And you know, that's what I've found in my research is whenever we see this idea of Wars of religion. It's propaganda. The, the, the descriptor that I always found when I looked beneath the surface was slaughter. Not war, slaughter. And the slaughter was always of Rome against anyone that stood in Rome's way, especially Christians. Mm-hmm. The Valdenses, the Albigenses, uh, any any evangelical sect, any any fundamental sect, any Bible believing sect, 
slaughtered, absolutely slaughtered. So Martin Luther had one of the rare power, um, was an elector to tell you what his, his title was. Frederick the Wise, Frederick III, an elector. He held a very powerful position as one of the people that voted for the Holy Roman Emperor. And by the way, as a quick aside, the European Unification Movement, founded by a Jesuit priest, Joseph Redinger, as was the Bilderbergs. Anybody that says Bilderberg and doesn't say Jesuit either doesn't know what they're talking about or is covering for Rome. Same thing with Trilateral. Trilateral Commission was not founded by the Rockefellers. It was founded by devout Roman Catholics, Bigniew Brzezinski, the same guy that founded uh, Al-Qaeda. Right, yeah. All, all this stuff is what contributed to my powerful awakening. Anybody that says Illuminati and doesn't say Johann Adam Weishaupt from a family of Jews converted to Catholicism, himself... I've got a couple of pretty reliable sources, an ordained Jesuit. This idea that Weishaupt broke with the Jesuits. So on the surface, you just say, you just hear Illuminati, Illuminati, deep state, globalist, tells you nothing. On purpose tells you nothing. Right. You look a little bit deeper. You, say the, you see the name Johann Adam Weishaupt. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh, Jew, Jewish? Yeah. Okay. That's them Jews again. Look a little deeper. Oh, wait a minute. He was a professor of canon law at Jesuit Ingolstadt University in Bavaria, what is today Munich. You know, the Munich Olympics where all those Israeli Olympians were slaughtered? A bastion, a Jesuit Catholic bastion in Protestant Germany, punished by World War II by the Vatican for Martin Luther's revolution, by the way. Now, now wasn't, uh, I don't mean to interrupt, but... Uh... Didn't the, the Catholic Church form the Council of Trent just to pretty much try and put the kibosh on Luther's movement and, and try to combat that? You bet. That was a very big part of the counter-reformation. And by the way, I don't even like the word reformation. When I, when I say reformation, I say reformation of Christianity. Uh, real Christians will never be able to reform the Catholic Church. And, and the Council of Trent also reaffirmed the forbidden status of the scriptures, that they can only be kept by clergy and, and the Vulgate, Jerome's Latin Vulgate, because there's just so much about Catholicism that is unbiblical. So this was the revolution, and the revolution was fueled not just by Martin Luther. Prior to Martin Luther, there, there were upstarts. There were good Christian men and women who revolted and who were slaughtered and put down. Now, interesting enough, John Wycliffe was tried at least two times, to my knowledge. One of those trials was interrupted by an earthquake. They should have realized at that point they probably shouldn't keep going. Well... Um, and never executed. Vindictively, the Vatican, after he died a natural death, went in and desecrated his bones, which is 
as I said, typical. Uh, Jan Hus, the, the, the Czechoslovakian Christian, he was burned alive at the stake 98 years before the advent of Martin Luther. And um, there is a, a powerful story to the effect of his executioner mocking his name. Hus means uh, goose. Mocking, mocking him as he was being burned alive for being a, a Christian and refusing to recant and repent his Christianity in favor of Catholicism. And the, the story goes that executioner mocked him about burning him and cooking goose and so on and so forth. And as the story goes, he made a prediction, something to the effect of, you may get this goose, but in a hundred years, a swan will fly way above your reach. And it kind of gives me a little bit of a chill to say that. I don't even know if it's true or not, but it certainly is a powerful story because 98 years later was um, November 1st, 1517. And the um, one of the uh, icons of Martin Luther was the swan. And what he was known as, he was known as, as the swan. So um, powerful story of truth. And, and, I, and I tend to, to put, put some substance to it. But prior to this, anyone that crossed the Vatican was dealt with very, very severely, particularly if you tried to promulgate the scriptures. Well, this movable type printing press revolutionized revolutions. And it turned out that Rome could no longer burn Bibles fast enough. You had men of God sprouting up everywhere, such as William Tyndale, escaping, he also, a Roman Catholic priest, breaking with his church in order to put Bibles into the common tongue and into the hands of Christians. Now, by the way, as a quick aside, I come up on this issue very often. King James or not King James. Uh, here, here's an interesting side story to this. When it was told to Frederick the Wise, Frederick III, the elector of Germany, one of the electors of Germany, that Rome was seeking to assassinate Martin Luther, he had him kidnapped and placed in Wartburg Castle for safekeeping. And he was incredibly bored having to stay shut up in, in the castle. And clearly that the Lord used this. And again, I'm, I'm speaking as a Christian to Christians, but these are all, this is all historical incidents. He decided the best thing to do with his spare time was to translate the Bible. And he asked for manuscripts from his friend, Desiderius Erasmus, who's a bit of a coward, by the way, who acknowledged the wrongdoings of the Catholic Church but didn't have the courage of Martin Luther to break with the Catholic Church. The Latin Vulgate and uh, Erasmus's um, Greek translations and manuscripts. 
and set about probably the most important thing he'd ever done, which is translate the Bible into the common German tongue. As a matter of fact, he bound Germany together with a single language. There, there was a lot of variation in the Germanic tongue at the time. And it is absolutely a powerful story to tell how it is that he did this. He would put on a disguise, go into the nearby towns and pubs as an aristocrat, Junker, Jorg, a knight, and listen to how the common folk spoke and talked. And that is the language he used for his Bible. It was basically a paraphrase. When you see the modern English versions, the paraphrased Bibles are the least accurate. But they're usually the easiest to understand. That was Martin Luther's intent when he translated the Bible. And so we have this paradigm today of a very, very small handful of translations using the superior Textus Receptus manuscripts. The Codex Synacticus of Constantine von Tischendorf is a fabrication by Rome, purposefully written in with flaws. And that is the basis for all modern translations. The problem is that the Textus Receptus manuscripts, the Textus Receptus translations, are all maintained in an antique language. Elizabethan English, Shakespearean, I call it Shakespearean gibberish. And by the way, I have some good sources that say that Francis Bacon is the source of the Elizabethan language. And it is a historical fact that so-called Protestant James I gave his 1611 authorized Bible to Freemason Francis Bacon to edit. And the brains behind Francis Bacon was a Jesuit named Toby Matthew, who, by the way, was knighted by Protestant King James I for trying to arrange a Catholic marriage for his son Charles with a Spanish princess, knighted a Jesuit, Sir Toby Matthew, the great Protestant king. So there's no such thing as gray, black and white, hero and bad guy. So anyway, the long and short of it is, is to get into this controversy of King James Onlyism, absolutely any Textus Receptus-based translation is superior. Any Codex Synacticus-based translation has flaws purposefully built in. Who killed Goliath? Well, one, one passage says David, another passage says somebody else. V- various, various purposeful flaws in the scripture. Okay. Say again? So to, did they do that to cause controversy or just oh, to... you bet. Yeah. You bet. Okay. Absolutely. To cause, first and foremost, this leads me back to keeping me on track. This leads me to the new tactic. What was Rome's response to the printing press making it impossible to burn Bibles and keep up 
with the promulgation of truth? Well, the response, and again, I get this from Frederick Tupper Saucy, was Cardinal Thomas Woolsey, uh, a confidant of the king, of Henry, as was Thomas Aquinas. You see supposed evangelical Christians waging legal battles through the, uh, was that the Thomas Aquinas Center? Pretty sure that's it, right? Thomas Aquinas Center. That does sound familiar. Yeah, yeah. The great Thomas Aquinas uh, Legal Center, I believe it is, uh, is, is where evangelicals wage legal battles, right? <laughs> no, it's where Rome controls evangelicals and makes sure they never win legal battles. Thomas Aquinas mm-hmm. helped betray William Tyndale as he ran through Europe trying to escape the Roman Catholic British inquisitors that sought his torture and death for translating the Bible into common English. One of the things that I love Tyndale for is he refused to translate the word ecclesia into church. Oh, what a brilliant, what a, what a brilliant understanding. He refused to because that implied an infrastructure that does not exist. Christianity mm-hmm. at its best, Christianity at its best is a decentralized person-to-person faith that was promulgated at the personal level. How did the early Christians live their lives? They did just that. They did not put Christ into a cubbyhole, have a sacred pilgrimage on one day of the week on Sunday, and take Christ out for an hour, go into a sacred site, and by the way, all the major cathedrals in the world are built on dead bodies, thoroughly pagan, nothing to do with Christianity, and have an expert tell them what they believe. Has nothing to do with Christianity. Completely pagan, completely centralized, completely controlled. And that expert teaches you Jesuit heresy. Futurism, Zionism, uh, uh, um, dispensationalism, pre-tribulation rapture, all Jesuit heresies designed to put Christians to sleep and make Rome disappear. Well, I think that, uh, you know, people, you know, as I said at the first of the show, they have no idea about this history and uh, even some history buffs have no idea about this history because it's been so well uh, suppressed, as you've you know mentioned. And the Jesuit hand in history, and especially even modern history, uh, is so rich and unbelievable. It's like drawing a line in every every uh, space. You draw three more lines to to other Jesuits. Uh, it's like you know from the you know, uh, I think it was William, was it, was it Ramsey? Not William Ramsey uh, that formed or helped form the higher degrees of Freemasonry. Um, and then it went on through uh, to just different governments, especially the U.S. government. Uh, you mentioned uh, 
you know, that uh, Washington, D.C. used to be called Little Rome on the Potomac. But it was actually, not to cut you off, uh, O.M., no. but it was the Jesuits that created the degrees of Freemasonry. And that's acknowledged by the Jesuit historian Albert Mackey. Right. Yeah. It was uh, the Jesuits that created the degrees of, of Freemasonry at, um, uh, at one of their colleges. And yeah, to help the, to install it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Uh, the College of Claremont. Uh, yes. Uh, I wanted to say his last name was Ramsey, but I could be wrong. Uh, I can't remember the main Jesuit who it was cre- credited for that. Um, and also, like, uh, you know, we talked about uh, Washington, D.C., which was originally Little Rome on the Potomac. Um, and what was the family, the Carroll family that... Uh, yeah, look guess- at the architecture. The architecture of Washington, D.C., so-called Washington, D.C., is the mirror image of the Gnostic, perverted sex architecture, Freemasonic sun worship architecture of the Vatican. St. Peter's Square is a mirror image. You have a phallus of Osiris across from a womb of Isis. And Washington, D.C. is actually much more pornographic in this massive phallus of Osiris that is actually 6,666 inches tall. Mirror image. Isn't that amazing that the first thing you see, you know, the father of the country, his his monument is a giant pagan penis. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. People tell you, that's the Washington Monument. I don't think of George Washington when I see that. And by the way, George Washington died with a Jesuit named Leonard Neal by his side. Yeah, I remember that. That's amazing, isn't it? Because they, they only want to have you think he was a Freemason. But, it, you know, like you said, the, the Masons made the, I mean, the uh, excuse me, the Jesuits built the higher degrees. So it doesn't really matter. He could have been both. and. Um, but you never hear the, the the Jesuit part. You never hear that he may have been a Jesuit. You know, uh, you know it is it is well it is well known that uh, George Washington had a um, a painting of the Virgin Mary in his in his house. Mm, his, okay. um, his rules of um, etiquette and civil behavior was that this they we put out this myth his um, rules of civility that he wrote as as a teenager this myth that he was such a child prodigy that he came up with this himself well it has since been admitted that this was nothing more than a exercise a schoolhouse exercise and this book the rules of civility and, and decent behavior was actually written by French Jesuits. So where was Washington being educated? And why, how is this in his background? Clearly there is an, there is a hidden history. And uh, Tupper Saucy gets into this, talks about say uh, a mysterious professor that goes about um, fomenting the revolution on behalf of European powers and and he makes a very powerful case that this was Lorenzo Ricci, the superior general of the Jesuits at the time. Wow. And That's this, amazing. The, the overall agenda, OM, is, is, is simply this. As I said, by the 1700s, Rome had been 
sick and tired of begging other Catholic nations to utilize their militaries. She was creating a country from the beginning to be her sword arm, and that's exactly what the United States has been to this day. I found this out the hard way when I was in the military. Mm. I found out that, that my, my sacrifices, particularly overseas in Iraq, was in direct opposition to my ideals and my Christian faith. When I came home, my fellow citizens were less free than when I left, and my brother and sister Christians were in far worse state, a far worse state than before I got there as a soldier. Everywhere the United States military has gone, Christians suffer. And it tells you exactly what you need to know, who is controlling. <laughs> Step back and look. The coronavirus. Who is leading Donald Trump? Donald Trump, outgoing president, trained by the Jesuits at Fordham. All of his children, almost all of his children, trained by the Jesuits. Fordham, Georgetown. Ivanka did exactly as he did two years with the Jesuits at Georgetown, then transferred to the so-called private University of Pennsylvania. And I have a source that says the University of Pennsylvania secretly controlled by the Jesuits. Jesuit-trained evangelical Donald Trump has installed more, more Catholics than the previous Barack Obama. Barack Obama, the great far-left community organizer, trained by Jesuit Greg Galuzzo in Chicago how to community organize. How is it that during the advent of Barack Obama, we all hear about how a far-left communist community organizer he was, and nobody says the word Jesuit behind who trained him to be a community organizer? It's just amazing. It, it, when you start to look into who all has been Jesuit educated in, in government, past and present, I mean, you can't help. I mean, you'd be a fool not to think that there's something more to the story. I, I think it wasn't Dr. Fauci. Did, wasn't he from Georgetown as well? Or am I wrong about that? Anthony Fauci, who is running the coronavirus team, for Jesuit-trained Donald Trump, devout, double-Jesuit-trained Roman Catholic, his wife, triple-Jesuit-trained. You've got people like Robert Redfield of the Center for Disease Control Creation, really, also devout Roman Catholic. You've got people like um, Deborah Burks, supposedly non-Catholic, and yet she brings a Catholic priest to her appointment by Barack Obama. You have people like Deborah Burks who are appointed by Democrats and yet retained by Republicans. Now, now why right. would they do that unless there was somebody above them saying, this is someone I want no matter who you are? Mm -hmm. uh, both Deborah Burks and Robert Redfield working on AIDS for the military yeah. prior to yeah. their time on the coronavirus. Trust them implicitly. Trust them implicitly. Absolutely. You also and, have the, oh, I'm no. sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just going to say, uh, I know the Pelosi's have a grant in either the husband or the son's name at uh, Georgetown. I was looking up some stuff a while back and saw that. 
You know, it's, it's what's amazing, OM, is, is that there's something very consistent. Of course, Joe Biden, devout Roman Catholic, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Susan Collins of Maine, um, the Dodd family from Connecticut, um, the Kumo family, far-left Catholic Kumo governor, son of a far-left Catholic Kumo governor, brother of a far-left Catholic um, CNN anchor. These families, um, the Boggs family in Louisiana, they're, they're just... Podestas. The Podestas. Yeah. Um, the... Um, uh, Leon Panetta now has a son in politics. Um, the, the examples on and on. As a matter of fact, the Boggs family also back and forth. Uh, Brzezinski's, the Brzezinski, Mika Brzezinski, the daughter of Zbigniew, also an anchor. Uh, you've got these people like um, Pat Buchanan sitting across from Chris Matthews. Both of them Jesuit-educated Roman Catholics, supposedly right and left, in the same way that you've got people like Jesuit-trained Timothy Francis Leary, the, the godfather of the drug movement, sitting across from his, his best friend, Jesuit-trained George Gordon Battle-Liddy, FBI conservative, all laughing their way through their debates. You know, that, that reminds me of, wasn't it uh, Pierre... Tailhard de Chardin, I think I've, I may be saying that wrong. That's right. But he was—he's like the father of transhumanism, and he's yes. a Jesuit oh, also, priest. Also, yeah. yes, the the uh, um, also quite an ecumenist. He's also the father of the new age. This idea that um, everyone is is saved, whether you have Jesus or not, right? Is Jesuit. It's it's Teilhard. Oh, by the way, Teilhard wore quite a few hats, including paleontologist and archaeologist. And Teilhard managed to travel quite unhindered through our enemy China, communist China. Now, how mm. is it that that was possible? Uh, it's because one of the first places the Jesuits went to after their inauguration was in Asia and they went to Asia and insinuated themselves in the court of, of the Chinese emperors and immediately began telling the emperors what their surroundings were, writing their calendars for them, examining their stars for them, giving them astronomy as the Jesuits see it. Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, a so-called paleontologist and archaeologist that felt it was necessary to create a hoax to help bolster Darwinian evolution. Did, did you know that uh, Teilhard fabricated the Piltdown Man in an effort to create a missing link so that as uh, Charles Darwin, the supposed non-Catholic, almost certainly a Freemason, would create this ridiculous theory that is a complete abrogation of the scientific method. It's not observable, not testable, not repeatable. Goes entirely against 
the second law of thermodynamics, which is that all forces in nature naturally move from order to chaos. The so-called theory of evolution is the, is the only thing that, that contradicts that. Why is it that every time uh, so-called science attacks Christianity and the Bible, Jesuits run to the rescue of science? Mm-hmm. Uh, people started asking, well, all right, so you've got this so-called Darwinian evolution. Everything happened by random chance. Absolutely ridiculous, the, the complexity of the human body. What arrived by so-called uh, mutation, random mutation. Patently absurd. No, there is not a single example in nature of an entire species change from one species to another. There are no macro examples. There are a smattering of micro examples of slight changes. I, kn I know they love to point to the so-called peppered moth during the pollution of Europe as a supposed evolutionary change in the color of a moth. And from there, we extrapolate a tadpole into a human being, the complexity, ridiculous, patently absurd. Why do you have Jesuits running to the aid of pseudoscience? People questioning, well, you know, if I'm to accept this, there's still a question you can't answer. Where did this all begin? There had to be a beginning and there had to be an intelligence behind the beginning. Oh, the Jesuits have an answer for that too. And one that has nothing to do with the Bible, one that bolsters pseudoscience attacking the Bible. Jesuit trained Roman Catholic priest, Georges Lemaitre, fabricated the ridiculous idea that first there was nothing and then it exploded, the so-called Big Bang. Did you know the Big Bang was created by a Roman Catholic priest? I did not. Yeah, very few people do. The ridiculous idea that that answers the unanswerable question for Darwinians. When people are asking, well, okay, where is this big leap from primate to human being? A Jesuit priest, the godfather of the new age, Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, thought he would fabricate a hoax to come to Darwinian aid. The fact that there are hoaxes being promulgated by scientists tells you that it's not science. Mm -hmm. Same thing with medicine. Go ahead. No, no, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. The the Jesuits are at every turn, and uh, the average person would never think of it. They would never know even where to look, and uh, that's why we have. People like you have done such great research that can turn these people on to this information. It's, I, I was looking up uh, just in, uh, while you were talking, there are a few more people who've been Jesuit educated who've been in the news lately. Hunter Biden, Gavin Newsom, um, Steve Bannon, uh, Paul Manafort, Jerome Powell of the Federal Reserve, uh, Justin Trudeau. I thought of somebody else. I believe you can correct me if, uh, if I'm wrong, but I think uh, Stalin was also Jesuit educated. No, well. Stalin was a Jesuit priest. Oh, okay. Well, I have an I have another source that Stalin. Uh, it is it is historically acknowledged 
that Stalin went to the so-called Orthodox Seminary in Tiflis, Georgia. Stalin was not Russian, he was Georgian. But I have it on a solid source that the Orthodox Seminary in Tiflis was actually run by Jesuits. And um, he was ordained. There are are several sources that will tell you that um, people like... um, Oh, David Ferry, who was involved in the Kennedy assassination, was a seminarian and did not complete their ordination. Well, we don't even know that because it's very probable that they completed their ordination and were given a special assignment that did not include them wearing a cassock. Meanwhile, David Ferry was known to wear his priest cassock around his apartment. He was either very, very excited to be a priest or he was secretly a priest himself. Mm-hmm. Also, David Ferry... Uh, sexual deviant uh, and sacrificed and killed by the by the same people that he worked for so keep that in mind anybody that wants to be a part of this they will happily do you dirty at any time but um this, this jesuit education thing it's mind-boggling it's mind-boggling not everyone who is jesuit educated is powerfully used by rome but it is a powerful process that gives rome visibility on you gives Rome an opportunity to indoctrinate you and much more importantly gives the Jesuits they are experts at personality profiling experts and they use their time with you to point you in the right direction or to discard you and that is where this Jesuit education and or Catholic education comes heavily into play you've got a guy like uh, Denzel Washington who goes to Fordham who supposedly is raised Pentecostal. And yet, man, he has played some powerful Catholic roles in Hollywood. And it was almost seemed that his time with the Jesuits at Fordham had left a mark on him. I would like to use another example, as I have done in the past, former Congresswoman Cynthia McKinney. Again, um, a, a, uh, a Protestant Christian black family who felt wrongly that, well, we want to give the best education to our daughter that we possibly can. Let's send her to a Catholic school. Well, meanwhile, what is occurring is that she is being overwhelmingly manipulated by clergy if in no other way than to have a warmth towards the clergy. That's, of course, as long as the clergy aren't sexually abusing you and assaulting you, which happens quite frequently in a Catholic school or a Catholic orphanage. The mere fact that the Catholic Church runs schools, orphanages, and hospitals should tell you who really controls things in America and in the West, and period. Mm -hmm. The fact that the Roman Catholic Church runs infrastructure, in the so-called secular America. Well, Cynthia McKinney was so overwhelmingly touched and manipulated by her experience, she wanted to become a nun herself. But instead, she just became a devout Roman Catholic. So people say, oh, Johnny, what are you getting a big deal over Catholic education, Jesuit education? You have no idea the power of the manipulation, the power of the indoctrination. And as I said, they're also taking notes on you. And they know exactly where they can plug you in later on in your life. And they do. The, the Georgetown 
Father Edmund Walsh School of Foreign Service. In and of itself, one Jesuit school, one college within the university. The number of dignitaries and power players that have come from the Edmund Walsh School of Foreign Service is dizzying. That's one school in one university, in one Jesuit university. It is also powerful to note the message of the, the psychological operation that Rome is somehow for the unborn. Absolutely ridiculous. In the same way that Rome is at war with Freemasonry. Absolutely ridiculous. The number of, well, there is no one in power, not a single Roman Catholic in power, not a single Roman Catholic or someone who is Catholic trained or Jesuit trained in power, not one, zero, who has won a powerful victory for the unborn. Not one, zero, zero. Oh, and that includes the Roman Catholic dominated Supreme Court dominated Supreme Court to include supposed right-wing Opus Dei Roman Catholic John Roberts, who recently personally intervened as multiple states, both Texas and Louisiana, tried to put restrictions on abortion. It was Roman, the Roman Catholic-controlled John Roberts Supreme Court that shot them down. Uh, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, all of the, Panetta, uh, all of these prominent far-left Roman Catholics, um, Newsom, Kumos, all of them far-left, pro-abortion, pro-recognition of homosexual marriage, all of them in excellent standing with their church. If the Catholic Church wanted to do anything about abortion, the Catholic Church could end it overnight. The Catholic Church could end abortion overnight, but it's a sad fact, and I don't want to offend any, any Catholics um, listening. Rome runs on the blood of the innocent. Rome needs the blood of the innocent to survive. And that, by the way, is the gateway to power. The difference between what we're talking about before, left and right? Yeah. What are you willing to do to get into power? I recently covered on my streams. And by the way, my stream's taken off. My, 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 the, the price for me doing what I do is to be disappeared. YouTube deleting my second channel just recently. One of the streams that I was delivering before this, my channel was disappeared, was how devout Roman Catholic and sexual deviant, extreme sexual deviant, Stephanie Germanata, also known as Lady Gaga, may have murdered her rival in order to get her own start, a sort of blood sacrifice. What are you willing to do to empower yourself? Are you willing to abuse the innocent? Are you willing to murder the innocent? Are you willing to torture the innocent? I get into this in great detail in my third book, Eaters of Children. It is the gateway to power, and it is a thoroughly Roman system. The difference between us and them is they are willing to do whatever it takes 
any evil necessary to get ahead. And that's Don, that is everyone in key positions of power. You believe that Donald Trump and Joe Biden were in elections together. Whether they were manipulated or not, you really believe that Donald Trump was an outsider and that you had a better chance with Donald Trump than Joe Biden. You're very foolish. You're very naive. It is all thoroughly controlled and maintained. And I'll tell you, the more we research, the more we say not just the central federal, so-called federal level, all of Congress, absolutely these, these key executive positions, I continue to say the, the number of Jesuit trained and or Roman Catholics involved in the coronavirus connected with uh, the headlines around the Supreme Court, Amy Coney Barrett, devout Roman Catholic with a, with a, uh, um, a sex cult background. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And I believe she's got a, like a $2 million net worth. Right on the heels of Brett Kavanaugh, devout Roman Catholic with a, with a massive net worth. How many times do you get fooled? How many times do you, do you get fooled? Christians. How many times do you Christians get fooled that these wealthy Catholics supposedly are representing you? Oh, let's all go to bat for poor Brett Kavanaugh's being, con, be, being beaten down by that, by, by that evil blase Ford. Let's let rally behind him because you didn't get played the same way with Monsanto lawyer Clarence Thomas. You didn't get played the exact same way with another devout Roman Catholic that has done nothing for you all these years. Attack poor Clarence Thomas. Let's all foolish Christians rally behind Clarence Thomas, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, on and on. The best place to work tyranny is through the court system. You have no way for your voice to be heard in the court system. It is dictatorial tyranny, and it is thoroughly owned by Rome. You look at the profile, the only time you have somebody in on the Supreme Court, that tiny minority of tyrants and dictators, the same one that gave us abortion in the first place. Sexual deviancy is the key to this evil system. The same power that tells us that pornography is protected by the Constitution. Absolutely ridiculous. To completely controlled. The only time you see somebody who isn't Catholic in the Supreme Court is when there are a smattering of far-left Jews. Oh yeah, Neil Gorsuch. He's supposedly a Protestant, right? Episcopal Protestant. So much like Catholicism, I call it Catholic light. And guess what? He's also Jesuit trained at the same Jesuit school that Brett Kavanaugh went to, Georgetown Prep. <laughs> but that's, that's all right. Don't look at those Jesuits, OM. It's the Jews. Right, exactly. And, I, you know, I think a lot of that, uh, the, the whole legend of it's the Jews is, uh, at least in America, I think a lot of that came from the Federal Reserve because, you know, there were several families that were Jewish. And they intermarried, which gave them more power. But that's just a traditional thing that they do anyway. And I think that that allowed the the Jesuits and the Catholics to really kind of spread that around, that it's it's all the, or, you know, as Ford called them, the international bankers, to try to make them sound like they're all Jews. But it's just not true. You know, you know banking, usury banking was created 
by the Vatican's shock troops, the Templars. It was invented. Usury banking was invented by the Templars and it was perfected by the Italian Roman Catholic power families like the Medici. In fact, the word bank comes from the Italian Banco, which is the counter that the Medici did their business over. Well, interesting. <laughs> Amazing. Well, if people will start to look also at the, at the Wall Street bankers uh, and trace the Catholics and the Jesuits in, in Wall Street, and, and CEOs of these television companies and these news organizations. I mean, it just goes on and on. And uh, it's just, it's just mind blowing once you start to do the, the research and, uh, and thanks to you, you know, I, I think I heard you on, I want to say it was a Freeman fly episode, but I could be wrong about that. And, and that's what, uh, how I found out about you. And uh, I was like, wow, I've got to look into this stuff and not even, just a few days later, I was at a Goodwill with my wife. The word is out of my mind. And I was over looking at the books and she's like, I'm ready to go now. And I looked down at this book and for some reason, something told me buy that book. So I grabbed it and it was called the secret terrorists. And I thought it was about, uh, I assumed it was about radical Muslims, but it was a few days later before I actually opened it up. And I was like, Holy crap, this is, <laughs> this is about the Jesuits. So, uh, I read that book, and then I bought uh, Illuminati Unmasked, your book, of course, and uh, and I ended up uh, finding some uh, of your podcasts with uh, Bill Hughes, who wrote The Secret Terrorists, and uh, I mean, it's man, you have such a wealth of information that people need to hear, and I'm so excited that we got to talk, and uh, I, I hope that we get to talk and do some more work in the future, but would you mind telling the people where all they can find your information, find your books? and uh, get a hold of you. You bet. Yeah, I, I enjoyed my time dramatically with Bill and, uh, and Freeman too. And, and you know what's crazy is I did one interview with Freeman and like two years later, we ended up uh, reconnecting and it was re like long lost friends. I was like, dude, where you been? And he's, like, and he's very, very helpful. I was excited. So uh, any opportunity I get, uh, I, I would much rather be a... a a regular guest on Freeman's show, but um, uh, just to have the connection with him, he, he was like, sending me pictures for my latest book, Secret History. Uh, very excited just to, just to have that much. And, and so same thing with Bill. I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy my time with Bill, but he, he does not have a big digital footprint and he kind of prefers to do things old school and it's hard to get in touch with. So yeah. uh, I just, I just let people reach out to me because I it just, I don't have a lot of, um, good experiences. So, uh, odd man, it's, it's been my distinct pleasure. And as I say, uh, as often as you want to bring me back, I am, I am your servant. So to answer your question, uh, I have a website, Johnny Sarucci, J O H N N Y C I R U C C I Johnny Sarucci.com. You can reach me by writing me at Johnny at Johnny Sarucci.com. I have four books, Illuminati on mass secret history, eaters of children and Weapons of Mass Destruction. Um, I say, as a Christian, praise God, currently available on Amazon. You can go to Amazon and look me up, Johnny Cerucci or Giovanni Cerucci. Giovanni Augustino Cerucci is my full name. Um, all four books are still there. I assume as I attempt to write a book about the coronavirus that probably will not be carried by Amazon, we will see. I used to have 
a, a multiple YouTube channels. I now only have one left. I have my third, my backup channel, Resistance Rising on YouTube. I have a um, Resistance Rising. I think actually it's uh, Johnny Cerucci is the, is the channel on YouTube, channel three. I have um, um, 180 old episodes. Not old, but um, I don't do them anymore. Resistance Rising podcast on Blog Talk Radio. But uh, for the most part, I would say uh, use the use the website and, and the email and you'll get a hold of me very, very easily. I have a presence on Facebook and, and Twitter. Of course, it's not a very big presence because, um, you know, I really believe that, that the closer you get to the to the truth, OM, uh, the more you disappear. So yeah. uh, yep. that's that's been the that's been the price. I, I would rather, you know, um, as, as some people that have more prominence. They, they tend to disappear completely. For instance, you mentioned uh, Stephen Kevin Bannon, Jesuit-trained Goldman Sachs man, who uh, was supposedly the brains behind the Donald Trump uh, election four years ago. And by the way, Donald Trump, what a phenomenal All right, guys, that was the first half of my show of with Johnny Cerucci on the, the dark history Donald Trump, of told, Catholicism and the Jesuits. Johnny Donald is Trump a wealth of information. Quickly and he can, that, that was nothing, Bay, honestly. He's got so much more information. He can tie Jesuits through all kinds of different historic scenarios. Uh, and, and, and they had very yeah, important so, places anyway, uh, in those are the, these the best ways scenarios. To get in touch. And I've, I've, but I've part two is even better than part one. He gets the in the, into the Medici I'll family, which if you don't know, they were very important throughout history. I really think I need to hunger down. After having my second Without cause, popular just because pop culture history, I'm but talking about what he gets I'm talking into them now. and the true history uh, of the Rothschilds of the and so much more. And, so I'm gonna and we really get into a, the more modern history of the Jesuits. Um, and there are people the right now and, 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 in the and spotlight in general, for the coronavirus who are playing we, uh, a pivotal role. Our, our a bunch of them is who happen to be Jesuit educated, right? We have so called Jesuit Jesuit ties. So we get into that and we really explain that. Which does nothing to heal you in I purpose. implore you That's, to uh, listen next week when I drop Roman, that episode. Catholic, uh, Louis and also, I was Catholic on the Tinfoil Hat show. I got to be on the main show. It was much pretty cool, man. Jesuits. They're, they're again, great. Sam's hilarious. Like and so if you get a chance, go and check that out. Of and also, once again, I want to ask you to please, if you feel so led to do so, say a prayer and keep her in your thoughts. My friend Stephanie, who's going through cancer, treatments right now she's taking her third round of chemo so she's having a really hard time and if you can afford it go on the gofundme link which will be my show i look forward to help her out a little bit if you can i'm hearing a lot about other than that i can't really think too much i did a show with the author ken amy from truefreethinker.com he's on there and he ken was telling me that They've got um, all these a little bit about his newest quote, unquote, project, alternative media on uh, his newest uh, book series. And it's but also, to be an we just kind of uh, talked, and I guess uh, about conspiracies and lesser known histories and lesser known watchers of biblical video, uh, facts and different things like that. Watch the content and we from uh, every dish the dirt on Jordan Maxwell so, and I don't know if David I and myself because Zachary also got my YouTube deleted and. If and you I'm get a chance to listen to that, there's, I will drop that in there's a just not too much going on there. And, and it's hard uh, to other than that, I think that ties too, so. ties everything yeah, up. Yeah, they, they win. I appreciate they, you they guys win. listening oh, as, as always. As they and remember, guys, you. their uh, the, order the, the is not our order. See ya. YouTube should be forcibly taken and made public.
as is Google. It'll never happen because the same forces, which is Jesuit one, Jesuit one Vatican, control YouTube the way they control the government. So who are you going to go to? Uh, as soon as they delete you, they win. They yeah. win. My, my third backup channel on YouTube has 10% the coverage as, as the channel they deleted, as does my bit shoot. The exact same problem. I am now at a point where I'm, I'm, I'm uh, encountering the publishing problems in air quotes on BitChute that I'm, that I'm now encouraging them, encountering them on YouTube. You can oh, upload wow. something and it won't finish processing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as soon as they get you to, as soon as they kick you off of where people were, were finding you, they win. All of the outside, there, there are a host of other hosts and venues that uh, are much less troublesome and much more accepting and have much less visibility. So yeah. as soon as they delete you, they win. No matter right. where you go, they win. Yeah, because you're never going to get the following you had previously. It just gets less and less, and it's, it's, it's very disheartening. But, uh, you know, you just got to find ways to, to, to create and to express these things and uh, hope that they'll get out to people and people will share them, you know, word of mouth. And I guess that's where we're going with that, you know, I think, unfortunately. I, I think the, the advent, not to cut you off and I step on you, but the advent of the coronavirus, uh, the, the unprecedented level of criminality and tyranny uh, being involved, as well as an unprecedented level of censorship. I, I, I watch uh, independent reporters like Ben Swan, and he never asks the big picture question. Okay, so yeah, you're, you're getting hammered with censorship over the coronavirus. Why the coronavirus, Ben? Why no other issue prior to this? It's because of the unprecedented levels of deception and criminality. I think this is as a result, OM, of their desperation and fear. The yeah. writing on the wall, to use a metaphor from the book of Daniel, is quite clear to them their time is running out. And this is their last big festival, their last big bacchanalia. Of, of celebration before it's all over for them. And as handicapped as we are, we're still winning. The word is still getting out somehow. So all we can do is grab ourselves by the bootstraps, uh, walk into the, to the unknown, brave the fear, brave the attacks, and drive on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Johnny, this has been a real pleasure, man. And I will talk to you soon and I'll let you know as soon as this is posted up, if you want to share it on your platform too. I will. I will. Very cool, man. Well, thank you once again. It's been my pleasure. And, and I, I look forward to both um, continued personal and professional uh, correspondence with you, my friend. Absolutely, man. I'll be in touch very soon. Good. Look All forward right. to it. Okay. Thank you. And there you have it. The second half with Johnny Cerucci. I hope you dug that because I did. And he is so great, man, with his information on the Jesuits. I don't think there's a better source to go to. So I suggest you check out his books, check out his videos, check out his podcast, Resistance Rising. I don't think he's done that one in a while, but check out the older episodes. Check out the ones with Bill Hughes. Check out all of them. Uh, and, and drop by and send him an email or uh, follow him on Twitter. I've put all his links in the show notes. So show him some love. And uh, I just want to wish you guys cheers and blessings. Thanks once again for listening. And uh, remember, 
Their order is not our order. See ya.